0: So this morning, we are going to talk about the purpose of Christmas. From now till the end of the year, we'll be talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. We'll be talking about Christmas. Just drawing our attention back to what Christmas means to us as believers. And so the purpose of Christmas. One of the things that is happening now is that almost every Christian celebration, people have brought theories, argument, um, and all sort of things just to make it look irrelevant and you see that almost every holiday or christmas celebration uh, i'm sorry um, christian celebration <clears throat> now several people have taken over those celebrations and christ who is supposed to be the center of those christian celebrations has been replaced with something else and so people will now say happy holidays or uh, mary or xmas instead of christmas just to replace christ or take christ out of the equation and people even have people even have problems or people are not comfortable with the fact that we say Christmas is a Christian celebration people want to raise argument that are you guys saying that Christ was born on 25th no Christ was not born on 25th but the day is a day that we believers or we Christians have set aside to remember the birth of Jesus Christ as simple as it is and so Christmas is about Jesus Christ. It's about the birth of Christ and not anything else. Now, I did a random search. Random search of World Day, of days that people celebrate or the world celebrate. You can also try doing a random search on anything at all. People have days where they remember those things or they create awareness for those things. So we have International Women's Day. We have World Animals Day. We have World Sadness Day. This is just a random search. We have International Day of Happiness. We have World Water Day. And so there is almost a day for any celebration, anything you can think about, you can try, doing a random search. And a day will probably come up. And so we live in a world today where there is... People celebrate almost every single thing. And so as a child of God, don't let anyone talk you out. Of christmas celebration people are saying that it, it's it's um it's a time that it's, it's a pagan celebration and you don't have to be part of it or anything but if you're a child of god the essence and the purpose of christmas for you is to remember the birth of jesus christ nothing more than that you remember the birth of jesus christ to those who call it a pagan celebration, that is fine. But if you live in a world today where there is a day to create awareness for almost every single thing, every single condition, then you, as a child of God, you are not wrong if you have you set a day aside to remember the birth of Jesus Christ. So Christmas celebration is to remember the birth of of jesus christ and let nobody talk you out let nobody make you feel guilty or feel bad for celebrating christmas christmas is to remember the birth of jesus christ in galatians chapter 4 verse 4 to 5 the bible says but when the fullness of the time had come god sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, as sons here, does not just refer to males or to men, but it refers to all of us. The Bible says when the fullness of the time had come, it it means that God was waiting for an appropriate time to send out his son. Now, when that time was due for him to send out his son, the Bible says God sent forth his son and his son was born of a woman. Usually in the Bible, you see that when they are saying, <clears throat> when they are referring to the one who gave birth to somebody, it's usually the man. And so when you read the genealogies, the genealogy is always filled with the names of men. You don't see the names of women. In exceptional cases, you will see the names of women. Like, during, like when you read the genealogy of Jesus Christ, From Matthew, you see four women mentioned in the genealogy. That is an exceptional case. The Bible was trying to make a specific case when it included the names of those women. However, ordinarily, when the Bible is talking about the genealogy of somebody, it is always men, the names of the men that are mentioned. But in this case, the Bible says God sent forth his son, born of a woman. And so Jesus Christ was not born of the seed of a man, but he was born of a woman through the seed of God's word, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the power of the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and Mary conceived and Mary gave birth to a son. So the Bible says, Jesus, God sent forth his son and his son was born by a woman and his son was born under the law. Now, God. When you read John, the book of John tells us that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh. That word that became flesh is Jesus Christ, and that word was what was used to to create the whole world. The Bible tells us that the word was born as a man. And so God took upon himself the form of a man and came into this earth and was born by a woman. That is what we call the incarnation, that God who lived from the beginning, that God who is the creator of all things, accepted the form of a man and became like a man and was born as a baby. He was subject to the laws. He observed all the laws during his time. Those laws were made by God. But God, when he was born as a man, subjected himself to those laws. And so the Bible says that God sent forth his son who was born by a woman. And so God took upon him the nature of man. He became like us so that we would become like him. And he was born by a woman. And then he was born under the law to redeem us from under the law. And so God subjected himself to his own laws so that he would deliver us from those laws. God became a man for our sakes. God took upon him the form of a servant. Even when he was a man, he became a servant to everyone. He became like us And in in, in that, in becoming like us, he gave us his nature. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4, the Bible says, By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. If you are a child of God, you you are a partaker of the divine nature you have the nature of god god took upon him the nature of a man and when he died and rose again he gave us the nature of god and so if you are a child of god you have the nature of god in you so god became a man was born by a woman, was born under the law. He walked on the face of this earth, preached the gospel to men, died and resurrected. He came to show us the way. And Christmas, whenever we celebrate Christmas, we remember the time that God came upon this earth in the form of a baby. Do not let the world sell all ideas to you. Christmas is not a time for shopping. It is not a time when somebody will go and find love at a place that they don't expect. When you watch the Christmas movies, the storyline is almost the same. Somebody will go and find a loved one at a place that they don't expect. When I was just preparing and thinking about all these things, I asked myself, in the next hundred years, if Christ should tarry, Will the next generation know the reason why we celebrate Christmas? Will they know that Christmas is about Jesus Christ? Will they know that Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ? Who has the responsibility to ensure that the next generation will come after us? Hundred years from today, people will still know that Christmas is about celebrating the birth of of jesus christ it's about remembering the birth of jesus christ you and i who are christians we are the one who are responsible to remind our world that christmas is not about an image somewhere who gives gifts to children or give gifts to people christmas is not about people finding love at certain places christmas is not about days that you get you You get some days off work to rest, but Christmas is about remembering the birth of Jesus Christ. Children of God, we have a responsibility to ensure that people who will come after us will know what Christmas is about. Christmas should remind us, first of all, I have seven points here. Christmas should remind us of the love of God, that God loved us so much that he came on earth and took upon him the form of a man allowed a woman to carry him in his in her womb for nine months and gave birth to God. Now, when God was giving birth to, He lied in the manger. He allowed Himself to be fed by a woman. He was God in all in, in, in all His form, but He took upon Him the nature of man, humbled Himself, and became a servant to men. Allowed men that He had created to nail him whenever you celebrate christmas one of the things you should remember is that god loves you christmas is the demonstration of god's love the bible tells us in john chapter 3 verse 16 that for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish as you exchange gift during this christmas remember the god who first gave you his only begotten and precious son, so that you will have eternal life. Whenever you celebrate Christmas, remember that Christmas was God's demonstration of love. mankind men were helpless men could not help themselves men were under the bondage of sin men were separated from god there was no way god could live among men there was no way god could have fellowship with men but god made that possible by giving us his best giving us his son to be born by a woman to be born in a manger for us whenever you celebrate christmas remember that Christmas shall remind you of the love that God has for you. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter five that f- for for when we were still without strength, we were helpless, we were condemned. there was nothing we could do for our own selves. There was nothing we could do to come to, to, to set ourselves free from the bondage of sin. The Bible says in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a a righteous man would one die. What this means is that if somebody is righteous, if somebody is blameless, scarcely will somebody say that I'm going to die for this person. Assuming somebody is taken to court. Let me give an example here. Assuming somebody is taken to court and you know that this person is innocent. You know that this person has done nothing wrong but that person has been sentenced for a crime that they did not commit. You have sympathy upon that person. You will say in your heart that this person doesn't deserve this, but you will not say that because this person doesn't deserve it. Let me take his place. Let me go to jail for him because I know he's innocent. So because I want to prove his innocence or because I want him to be free, I know he's innocent. So let's the judge set him free and put me in jail. Inasmuch as you sympathize with that person, that they are being falsely accused, that they are being falsely jailed, you will not take the person's place. You will not take the person's punishment. And so the Bible says, for scarcely for a righteous man would one die. It means that even when the person is righteous, the person is innocent, the person has no guilt. Scarcely will somebody say, I want to take the person's punishment. You and I will not do that. That we take somebody's punishment. Just because we know the person is innocent. So the Bible says, even when a person is innocent, scarcely will somebody die for them. How much more when the person is actually guilty? When you know somebody has been taken to court and you know they are guilty of their crime. I'm sure that you'll be excited that they they receive the, uh, the, the, the deal term that they deserve. Most people, after somebody who has committed a crime is jailed, they will say that the person got what they deserved. Or even sometimes we even fight with the law and say, no, this person should have gotten more than than what the judge gave them. But the Bible says we were as guilty as somebody who had committed a crime. But God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still guilty, Christ took our place. Christ took our punishment, and hence we were delivered and were set free. We were acquitted and discharged because Christ took our place. Even though we committed those crimes, even though we were guilty by the standards of the law, we're supposed to be jailed, we're supposed to receive the punishment, but Christ took our place. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, the Bible says, And he who did not spare his only son but delivered him up for us. God delivered his son for us. He gave his son to the world to become a ransom for the world. That he would take our sins, that he would take our offenses, that he would replace us as a ransom. And we were supposed to die on that cross. We were supposed to be separated from God in our death. And when Christ took our burden on the cross, he said, my father, my father, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We were the ones who were supposed to be forsaken by God. God did not have any, we didn't have any right to talk to God. God had no responsibility to hear our voice because our sins separated us from God. But God delivered his son for us when we were yet sinners. And so when you celebrate Christmas, remember when God gave us the most important gift, the thing that was so dear to his heart, that was the life of his son. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God gave his son for us. And so when we celebrate Christmas, one, the next thing we should remember is that God gave his best to us among all the things that were created among all the things that are under the control of god the the very thing or the very person who was most precious to him was jesus christ and god gave his best to us god has already given his best to us and so if you are here on earth you should have hope that if God did not spare his son, but gave him to you, the most precious thing, the most expensive thing in the ha- in the eyes of God, if God gave the most expensive thing to you, then know that the things that you are expecting from him, the things that you are asking from him, it is easy for him to give those things to you because he has first given the thing that cost him most to us. He said, When Jesus was being baptized in Matthew, according to Matthew's account, the Bible says a voice came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said, this is my dear son. This is the one who pleases my heart. And God delivered that son to us. That is the reason we celebrate Christmas. When we celebrate Christmas, we remember when God had to give up he's the most expensive the most dear thing to his heart he gave it to humanity god has given his best to us and when we celebrate christmas we should remember this in hebrews chapter 2 verse 10 bible says for it was fitting to him it means it was fitting to god god was pleased that to be able to win more children, to be able to get more sons, he had to allow his beloved son, his dear son, go through suffering. So he says, for it was fitting for him, for whom all things, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect, through suffering. God allowed his dear son, To go through suffering. If there was anything that tore the heart of God, some one man has said two there were two days that he believed was the saddest day in heaven. The first one was when God had to sack man from the garden of Aden, that when God had to say to man, that because of your sin, I can no more, you can no more stay in my presence. I can no more have fellowship with you. So you have to leave the garden. He said the second saddest day, according to him, was the day that Jesus hanged on the cross, that God had to watch his son go through that pain Just because he wanted to get all of us to become children of God. If you're a mother or you're a father and your son is going through pain or even when your son is sick, you wish you could take the sickness and feel the pain for your son so that your son will be free or your son will be well. If you are approached by somebody who wants to inflict pain on your son, or who wants to take something away from your son, or let me say, inflict pain on your son. And the person gives you the option that you can either take the pain for your son or watch your son go through the pain. If you're a good father, you are definitely going to say, I will take the pain for my son. If that was an option that was on the table, you will take the pain for your son. And so for God to watch his only beloved son go through pain i believe was such a painful or sad moment for god was such a difficult scene for god to watch and i believe it was one of the reasons why god has to take off his eyes from jesus on the cross god could not bear to watch his son go through that pain on the cross but he did that for you and i and whenever we celebrate christmas we remember When God gave his best to all of us, God has given us his best. As we live here on earth today, let's be conscious of giving our best to God. Our best days, our best moment, whatever we have, let's give our best to God because God has given his best to mankind. And when we celebrate Christmas, I want you to remember when God gave his best to us. Again, when you celebrate Christmas, we should remind ourselves or Christmas. should remind us that God desires to have fellowship with us. God desires to have fellowship with us. One of the reasons why God created man was to have fellowship with man. And so the Bible says in the cool of the day, God came down into the garden to have fellowship with man that he had created in genesis chapter 3 verse 8 the bible says and they heard the sun the sound of the lord god walking in the garden in the cool of the day and adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of god among the trees so god desires to have fellowship with man and when i say god desires to have fellowship with man I'm not saying God is lonely in heaven. The Bible tells us there are numerous of angels who are in heaven. innumerable number, innumerable angels. We cannot number them. There are so many of them in heaven. But why would God leave out the angels and say, I want to have fellowship with man? This is a great privilege we don't have to take for granted. God created man in his own image. Amongst all the things that God had created, no one nothing is created in god's image the only creature that was created in god's image is man so god desires to have fellowship with man and christmas should remind us that god will go every every length every extent to have fellowship with us God desired so much that he wanted to have fellowship with us that he allowed himself to be born as a baby So that he will bring back the fellowship that was lost in the garden Jesus said in John chapter 14 If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home in him The reason why Christ came on earth to die so that we will have fellowship with God. So that we will have eternal fellowship with God. So that we will have fellowship here on earth. And after the life here on earth, we will still stay in fellowship with God. God desires to have fellowship with you. Every single day that you live, remember, it is God's desire. It is God's passion. It's one of the things God is following after. It's one of the things that God excites God, is to have fellowship with you. Make time in your day to have fellowship with God. Make time in your day to pray and to have fellowship. Spend time in the presence of God. We live in a world today that the thing that God desires so much has become the least of our priorities. As children of God. God desires to have fellowship with you. Make time in your life. In your day. Every single day. Make time to have fellowship with God. God paid a dear price. Just to be able to have you. As his son. And that's why in Hebrews. It says that. He allowed the captain of our salvation. To go through suffering. So that he will bring all of us to him himself as sons god desires to have fellowship with you and as you celebrate christmas and remember the birth of jesus christ you ask yourself what was the purpose of his birth the purpose of his birth was for him to die so that we can have fellowship with god so that he and his father can come and live in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. That is why you don't have to take the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life for granted. It was the reason why Jesus died. Yes, to forgive you your sins. Yes, to save you from the power of sin, but ultimately to allow his presence to live inside of you. Whenever you celebrate Christmas, remember that God desires to have fellowship with you. Christmas should remind us that God will keep his promise to us. If God has promised you anything, if there's anything God has said to you, remember that God is going to keep his promise. Why? Because God lives forever to keep his promise. A man might might promise you willing to to fulfill the promise, but they might not live long enough to fulfill their promise to you. Um, They might not have all the means, all the power to fulfill their promise to you. But God will live to fulfill his promise to you because he never dies. God has all power to fulfill his promise to you because all power belongs to him. Christmas should remind us that God will keep his promise. The birth of Jesus Christ was prophesied long ago before his birth. In Isaiah chapter seven, verse 4, verse fourteen, the Bible says, "Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign: Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. He said, "A virgin shall conceive and bear." This prophecy was given by the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament. Years came, generations came. People had forgotten this promise. They thought that it will never come to pass. And the Bible tells us when the time was due, in due time, according to the scripture I read earlier from Galatians, in due time, God allowed his son to be born by a woman, to be born by a virgin woman. And the Bible says, this shall be the sign that the virgin will conceive and bear forth a son. God kept his word. So it took so long that people had forgotten. The people who had received this promise thought that the promise wasn't going to come to pass. Why? Because the prophecy has has kept so long and they thought maybe God had forgotten. Maybe God is unable or maybe the the promise wasn't true. Maybe the prophecy wasn't true. But the Bible says that in due time, God allowed his son to be born of a woman, to be born under the law and so whatever promise of god that you are holding on to know that god will fulfill his promise jesus said heaven and earth will pass away but my words will by no means pass away this is a very serious statement he said even if everything passes away even heaven and earth if it passes away my word will never pass away god kept his promise god kept his word that a virgin will be with a child and it happened that a virgin gave birth to a child and they called his name jesus god will keep his promise to you whatever promise you are holding on to as you celebrate christmas rejoice in the fact that god is able to keep his promise god is willing to keep his promise and god is faithful to keep his promise to you the next thing number five christmas should remind us that jesus christ will come back again jesus will come back to this earth like he said like the first prophecy came to pass the first prophecy concerning his birth it took so long that they thought that it was never going to come to pass took so long that they thought it was just a fallacy but please as we celebrate christmas remember that just like his birth was prophesied years ago before it came to pass in the same way he has told us about his second coming, and that one will come to pass as well as you celebrate christmas and we remember the day that God first came to this earth. Let's remem- remind ourselves again that he will come the second time. And therefore, we have to prepare ourselves for his second coming. Just like we celebrate his first coming, let His the celebration of his first coming remind you that he's going to come the second time. As you excited about his first coming. As you rejoice, the whole world rejoice about his first coming. Remind yourself that if he came back the first time, exactly according to what was said, then he's going to come back the second time, exactly according to what he has said. Prepare yourself for his second coming. Christmas should remind you that Jesus will come back to this earth again. If he came back the first time, he's going to come back before jesus left in john chapter 14 verse 3 he said and if i go and prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you to myself beloved jesus is coming again and when he comes again he's going to receive us those of us who are born again Those of us who have accepted him as our Lord and personal savior. Those of us who have put our faith in him and believe the work of the cross. He said, I will come and receive you to myself. Sometimes when people read this text, they think that heaven is under construction. And I've said this over and over again. Heaven is not under construction. When Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, it does not mean that there are masons and there are carpenters in heaven who are preparing the place for us no that's not what it means remember that if god used the words of his mouth to create the whole earth then creating a place for you in heaven wouldn't take two thousand years to do he can use the words of his mouth to create that place for you but when jesus said i go to prepare a place for you he was going to show himself to the father when he died and and. And paid the penalty for our sins he went to the father and showed himself and said father god i have paid for their sins they now qualify to come into this place they now qualify to have a place here with you in your presence and so when god jesus showed himself to the father the place for you and i was made ready and so heaven is not under construction there are no carpenters there There are no angels there who are building with bricks and the place for you has been prepared. That place for you is in Christ. When Christ went to the Father, he went to the the innermost place in, in heaven and showed himself to the Father, showed the blood to the Father. At that point, the place for you and I was prepared. In the Old Testament, one of the things that happened, was that the high priest would go to the innermost place of the sanctuary once a year, and he goes there with blood. And that is the innermost place of the sanctuary was what was, was the place that was called the presence of God. And so when the high priest goes into the presence of God with the blood of the lamp, he goes there to ask for forgiveness for all the people. So that is the innermost place, and the high priest was only able to go there once. God was using that as a symbol to show us that the access to the to his presence was not given. The only person who could have gone there in the Old Testament was the high priest. And the high priest went there once in a year and went there with the blood of a lamb. So nobody else could go there. It meant symbolically what that meant was that nobody had access to the presence of God. And in the New Testament, The high priest of our faith, who is Jesus Christ, went to the innermost place in heaven, showed himself to God, showed the blood to God, and said, now the people are qualified to come into your presence. And what happened in the Old Testament was just symbolic of what happened in heaven, of what was going to happen in heaven. And when Jesus died, it was fulfilled. Because he went to the innermost place in the temple in heaven and showed the blood to the Father and said, I have paid for their sins. And from that moment onwards, we had access to the presence of God. So the place in heaven for you and I is ready. There are no angels who are doing construction work in heaven. And he says, when I prepare that place, I'll come again and I'll receive you. That where I am, you will be also so where jesus christ is he wants us to be there also where is jesus now he's in the presence of the father and that place is i can't imagine that construction work has been going on in heaven for two thousand years and the laborers and the workers have not been able to finish it no the god who created the earth with his word doesn't need two thousand years to prepare a place for you and i the place for you and i is ready and he will come again and receive us to himself so that we will be where he is remind remind yourself anytime you celebrate christmas that jesus is coming again and he will come and receive us and this should even increase your 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 joy in celebrating celebrating christmas that just like the whole world is acknowledging and celebrating that one time jesus was born remind yourself that he's gonna come again amen number six Christmas should remind us to tell people about Jesus Christ as we celebrate Christmas let's let let's let, let allow the world to know let's t- let's um, make it our point to let the world know that Christmas is not about Santa Claus Christmas is not about all the movies that we watch <clears throat> Christmas is not about, it's not just about holidays, it's about Jesus. He's the reason for this season. The world will do anything to replace the name of Jesus with any other thing. Like I said, the world has days that they celebrate almost anything, or the world has days that they create awareness for almost anything. For believers, Christmas is a time that we create awareness about Jesus Christ. That the savior of the world was born. That a wondrous story of how God allowed Himself to be born as a baby, not in a palace, but in a lowly estate, in a manger, not by an experienced woman, but inexperienced virgin, young woman, not by a rich mother, but by a poor mother who didn't have anything. God allowed himself to come in that form. Let's remind people, let's tell people that this is wonderful, that God who created the heaven and earth became a man. Let's tell people that God loves them and that is why he was born on earth. Let's tell people that God desires to have relationship with them. That was the reason why he came and took upon him a form of a man, spend time with men, Allowed men to see the nature of God and the potential that God has given men who come into fellowship with him. Tell people about Jesus Christ. Today, if you go and you meet people and you ask them, what is the reason for Christmas? Uh, I can tell you, 50% or more will get it wrong. They will not know why we celebrate Christmas. You'll be shocked, but you can try that. As a research on your own ask people why do we celebrate christmas you'd be surprised that most people don't know why we celebrate christmas tell people <clears throat> that god made it possible for us to have fellowship with him through the birth of jesus christ so use any means as you give gifts to the poor as you give gift to people i always say that when we give out to the poor we give them food we give them shelter we give them clothing and we don't tell them about Jesus Christ and they die and they don't make it to heaven we have not helped them enough the greatest help we can give people is to tell them about Jesus Christ in as much as it is important to meet their physical needs don't meet their physical needs without meeting their spiritual need their spiritual need is salvation every single man on earth here have a single spiritual need and that is salvation Tell them about Jesus Christ. Let Christmas remind you to create awareness about Jesus Christ. Just like we have World Awareness Day for almost every sickness and any bad thing you can ever think about. Use Christmas as World Awareness Day about Jesus Christ. World Awareness Day of Christ. Tell them about Jesus Christ. Number seven and the last one. Let Christmas bring you hope. Let Christmas bring you hope. Let not the end of the year be the most depressing time of your life. That you look at all the things that you were expecting that didn't happen. But let Christmas bring you hope. The fact that God went to that extent to give his son to you and to I. Let that bring you hope that God will never forsake me. If he went to that length, just to be able to have me as a son, why would he forsake me? Why would he fail me now? He will not fail. If he paid this dear price to have me, if he didn't want me as a son, he wouldn't have paid this dear price. But if he paid this dear price for me, then I know he will not forsake me. It's like when you have seen a jewelry or a watch, something that you so wanted, and it was so expensive, that really, you know, there are things that you buy that you really feel the impact, that this thing has really gotten to me. It has really impacted my bank account. And for you to buy something that has really affected you, impacted your bank account, impacted your savings, when you buy those things, you keep them at a very special place you will not they will not those things will not be lying anywhere in your living room or you will not put them at your balcony those things that you have bought that are very expensive you put them in the most secured place you take very good care of it it's a jewelry even when you are not going to wear it you still take it and clean it because it is precious to you because you paid a dear price for it and if God paid that dear price for us, let's not think that God will forsake us. Whether we are alive or we are dead, God will not forsake us. Have hope. When you are alive, as you are alive today, have hope. When you leave this earth, you still have hope because God paid a dear price for you. You are God's precious possession he does not joke with who you are because he paid a dear price for you let christmas bring you hope that god cares about you don't focus on on all the things unfulfilled expectations god has given you you his best god paid a dear price for you god wants to have fellowship with you you are precious in the eyes of god Let Christmas bring you hope. Don't be depressed. Don't be burdened with things that you don't have. Don't be burdened by the failures that you've experienced. Rejoice in the fact that God knows you. God loves you. And let Christmas reignite your hope for this life. Reignite your hope in God. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, the Bible says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave, I will never leave you or forsake you. Be content with the things that you have up to this point. Yes, there might be things that you don't have, but be content with what you have. For God himself has said, he will never leave you, he will never forsake you. Let this give you hope. As we celebrate Christmas, let it bring you hope that God is always with you. You are not forsaken, you are not helpless. God has not abandoned you. God is still with you and God loves you. I pray that Christmas will bring you hope. In Jesus' mighty name, shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you Lord for this great privilege that you became a man, you took upon yourself the nature of man so that we can become children of God. Oh, Father, we are grateful for this great love. We pray, Lord, that as we celebrate Christmas, we rejoice in the hope that one day you are coming back again. We rejoice in the hope that you are faithful to your word. We rejoice in the hope that we are precious in your sight, that you delight in us, that you want to have fellowship with us. We thank you, Father, for all this Wonderful privileges you have given us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Right. God bless you so much. God bless you so.